Good morning to all that are watching this morning. Good morning to all of you. I assume I have to say that. Well, what a great thing it is to see and be here this morning and see all of you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Mitch, for those words. Thank you for some of the pictures you showed. Just one correction, Carson. I, I helped uh, regularity at the radio station. You, I helped produce it. But. Yes, I, I was reflecting and have been reflecting for a little while in the last month or so. Uh, I've looked back on this journey, but it's not the end so you know that. feels very strange to have and talk about retirement and have that title, retirement and retiree and all that, because I always equate that to old people. <laughs> so, and I've never been here before, so it's like, okay, what's this all like? We have served here and we continue to serve here. Just want you to know that. It's an exciting time for us. You know, it's, it's, it's something that we have felt to do, Betty and I together, a decision that we've been looking at doing for about the last three to five years. So it's not something suddenly. It's just something that I've felt in my spirit uh, for particular reasons. Uh, nothing negative, but just uh, decisions that would help us, a decision would help us to go on in what we really feel very strong in our heart to do. Uh, it's an exciting time. It is a new season. Um, new future, some goals and visions we have for the future. But there's a particular avenue I want to make sure you understand. You know, some people might say, well, why? Can't you just keep on? You know, you don't have to retire from aspects of ministry. Anyways, uh, what we really felt very strong in our heart was to make a decision that would, that would kind of position us and free us up to focus on our family. We've, as you know, most of, most of our family lives in Australia. And so we don't get to see them very often and spend time with them. And we want to position ourselves, as I put it, for catch-up time. There are needs in our family uh, and in, with our grandkids and so on that uh, we really want to be available to uh, minister to them. Yes, we know there are restrictions in travel right now and so on, but you know we're believing those things are going to change and lift and uh, it will free us up to go and be able to spend time with them on a long stretch of time, a period of time, three, four months at a time, and just be with them. You know, we're, we're, as I tell people, I'm closer to the end than I am to the beginning of my life. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, we, we're healthy and strong, and we thank God for that every day for our health and strength. And we just want to be available at this season of our life to minister to them. And that, that has become our, 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 our feeling in our heart to do. We are moved into now being great-grandchildren, so there's another level that uh, we need to uh, prepare and help with and minister to him. That's what we feel to do. 
And so, you know, what it's going to look like, uh, we'll see. We're just trusting God, and I appreciate the prayer over us that it's not the end, but there's a future, there's chapters that God wants to write through us and in our lives. And so uh, we, are, we are trusting the Lord to lead our footsteps. Our involvement here at Hill City changes a bit in retiring from the direct leadership, but we're not going anywhere. This is home. You're our family, and we're here to continue to serve and help out wherever we can with the giftings that God has given us. I'm still a pastor. You don't have to call me a pastor, but that's my gift. <laughs> I'm still a shepherd. I still love you. I still love people. I still care for people, and we're still available to reach out and help people. And so, you know, just so that uh, you're wondering what that's going to look like down the road, no, we're still here. You'll still see us. You know, you'll still see us uh, caring and reaching out to people. This is our home, as I said. Pastor Mitch and Bonnie are our pastor and leader, and we appreciate them so very, very much. And I appreciate our leaders. You are our covering. You continue to be our covering, and we continue to submit to you and serve you. I have great respect and confidence in each of one of you as our leaders. And uh, uh, I, I, I feel safe. <laughs> I can put it that way. Uh, I hope you do too, that uh, this is a safe place. This is a family of God. And uh, so, um, you know, it's a great place to be. Our desire is for each and every one of you to see in God's will and purpose for each of you to unfold as you journey forward with him on the road of life. Uh, just uh, forever thankful and humbled. I'm Thing, you know, humbled by what you had to say. And, but it's been fun over these 46 years serving God. I said, I've been involved in every department. You think of any, every department in the church, I've been involved one degree or another in it, except for one, children's ministry. <sighs> I've seen the heartache and the grief. No, I'm just kidding. But I've enjoyed it. And, and then what, what Vi said, you know, I so appreciated Pastor Dave in my life and how he spoke into my life and, and uh, took this novice, this rookie that, you know, thought he knew it all to saying, here, do this, do that, do this, do that. And, uh, you know, being brought up in the house of the Lord, being a Christian all my life, my parents taught me about walking after the Lord, trusting in the Lord, and being faithful to Him. And I just was glad to, to help serve and to help Pastor Dave and, and then Pastor Mitch. I was calculating. It was 29 years under Pastor Dave's leadership, and now it's been another uh, since 04, so that's 15, 16, 17 years under Pastor Mitch's leadership. And I just appreciate both of their input into my life, into our lives together. So... Um, uh, just it's just been it's just we have just some awesome leaders and I just want to say thank you to my dear wife Betty who has been alluded to already has been stuck by my side for these 46 years I was thinking about it last night you know in those 46 years there never was any tension between us when it came to realms of ministry she's been faithfully by my side she's been my prayer support she's been a kind of quiet force 
you know, in their gifting and in calling and so on. But she prayed, and every trip we made, I did, I did over, uh, I calculated, I think, 40, 50, 60 ministry, or maybe not 60, 40 ministry trips. And many of those were without her, but she was faithful to let me go and uh, take care of the home fires and uh, prayed for me and we kept in touch and it was just it was wonderful to have that kind of support from her as as i walked in what god had called me personally to walk in and so i just thank her so very much and and uh, love her so much dave pastor dave would always say to me that uh, the older you get and the longer you live together, the better it gets. And I, I agree with him 100% when it comes to marriage and relationship and so on. But he's my best friend, and uh, lately we've laughed so much together. She's crazy. If you got to get to know her a little bit, she is. Uh, last night I just had to break down laughing again when she was trying to describe something to me. I said, I would have just said it just like this, but she had to have all these facial expressions and all these contortions and so on just to make one. <laughs> Anyways, great laughter. Laughter is good. So, uh, so very, you know, just helping me walk in that. And uh, the unity of heart and spirit. I just uh, thank the Lord for her. And uh, we are going to be celebrating our 50th anniversary in January. So that's good. I was just wanting to see there was... Uh, Someone said they might come. I don't see Dave Shinnis. Not here. Oh, there he is. Bless you, Dave. Dave Shinnis, him and his wife, Lynn, they got married on the same day, 50 years, going to be 50 years ago in January. And they have been uh, longtime friends, so I'm going way back 50 plus years. Thank you so much for being here this morning, Dave. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah. So I wanted to acknowledge your 50th coming up as well. So. It's a very special day when we ever think of that. We always try and get together whenever we can so to celebrate. But God has been good. That God is good. And, and I just want to share, I want to share a phrase with you this morning uh, that God dropped into my heart as I was thinking of what to talk about this morning. And it's the phrase, watch your step. You know, much has happened in our 46 years here serving in, in Hill City. I put it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, well, but one thing I've learned in all of this, the difficult times, the, the storm times, the calm times, the hard times, the easy times, the, the dark times, the bright times, is that God is faithful. God is faithful. We might have a lot of questions. We might have a lot of unanswered questions. But God is faithful. I, I take comfort in Isaiah 55 where it says, My ways are not your ways. My ways are much higher than your ways. Sometimes we don't see the big picture like God sees the big picture. God knows the end from the beginning. And God's got everything under control. Amen? And we can take comfort in that. He's faithful. He is faithful. And I learned many lessons along the way and, and, and grew in that and continue to grow in the goodness and faithfulness of God. And it's hard. And we all are there, I'm sure, growing in that as well. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast 
the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. And 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. He, he promised it. It's in his word. They're yes and amen. They're not maybe, or they don't fit you, or I don't know if I'm going to let my promises be available to you. No, they're yes and amen. He's faithful. And sometimes when we go through the storms of life and the difficulties of life, those are times of, of, of uh, growing times and maturing times where our faith, like First Peter says, uh, the fiery trials of our faith, faith being more precious than gold, will be proved genuine at the day of Jesus Christ. Without faith, it's impossible to place him. And uh, so he, he, he wants us to learn how to walk by faith, but to also live faithfully before him. And uh, he's there, he's, and, and we can trust him. We don't have to doubt him whatsoever. I came across this little description of faithfulness. Faithfulness is one of the characteristics of God's ethical nature. It denotes the firmness of or constancy of God in his relations with men, especially with his people. It is, accordingly, one aspect of God's truth and of his unchangeableness. He won't change. God is true not only because he is really God, in contrast to all that is not God, and because he realizes the idea of Godhead, but also because he is constant or faithful in keeping his promises and therefore is worthy of trust. He's worthy of it. We've been doing a, a series that I think it's concluded now. It was called the Lean In series. And with different things, we talked about how we need to lean into God and different realms of that. So I just want to kind of emphasize a point here that we need to make sure that we lean into his faithfulness. Lean into his faithfulness. If you have struggling with any doubts about God or you're wondering about God, if you're here this morning, maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Well, it takes a step of faith into an unknown, discover the life and truth and love and mercy and grace of God. See, God waits for us to take that first step of faith because, like I said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So when we take that step of faith without really knowing, and I'll mention the story in a moment to emphasize that, he is there. You discover that he's real, he's alive. And all the things that we read about in the word of God are true. And as we step out in faith and take a hold of those promises, we discover, hey, they do work. He is real, he's alive. He's, he's not a religion, he's a relationship. Hallelujah. Life is a journey filled with all kinds of situations and circumstances that bring challenges to our faith. Faith in the Lord is needed to see us through many of these. And the key is this, that we always need to make sure we understand and see to fit into this realm of faith, that we walk by faith. We walk by faith because he's got a destiny for us. There's a God-ordained destiny for each and every single one of us, and it's our responsibility if we're going to walk into that destiny to exercise the faith that we started the journey on with him, because we have a destiny in mind. I want to get to heaven. But as that song said, what a powerful, impacting song emphasized the word ambassador. 
Thank you, Brian, for reading that because that was what jumped out at me during that time. Yes, we're called to let the love of Christ shine through us. See, that's part of the journey. It's not just about life, uh, fire insurance where we're, we're, we're protected from the fire of hell. If that's all it was, we would have been taken up to meet him the day we were born again. But he left us here for a reason, two reasons. One is to get a bride ready for him without spot and wrinkle. But the second thing is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because there's other people out there that need to know Jesus. And it's that faith in him that will spawn us to go forward in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we develop a passion for Jesus, growing in that love and growing in that relationship, a passion for him, it'll equate into a compassion for people. Okay? Because for God so loved people that he gave his only begotten son. And that song this morning emphasized that love of God needs to shine out from us. How do we develop it? By developing our and growing in that relationship with him. Passionate for him. Lord, let your heart now beat in me. And we begin to see people differently. Hallelujah. He's given us a God-ordained destiny. And we're getting... We are given a God-life plan to live out. We are called, ordained, equipped by God, and empowered by the Holy Spirit to fulfill what He has ordained in us to do. Walking by faith in obedience initiates His faithfulness to fulfill in us what He has promised. Deuteronomy 11.26. And He puts the ball in our court. Have you ever noticed that? Faith is, he puts the ball in our court. He says, see, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm, going to, I'm giving you today. The curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn away or turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. So he sets before us the choice, the decision to respond to a faithful God and it's up to us. And so, as I said, I want, to, I want to break this statement down real quick. Watch your step. It's keys, some practical keys to help us to live in that life of faith and to experience the faithfulness of God. He puts the ball into our court. And he gives some cautions, some warnings, some instructions, some advice, some admonitions in the Word of God, how we can walk in that realm for him. And uh, so that uh, we, we, can, we can abide in the flow of his faithfulness. Just a, some simple admonitions uh, to uh, help us to succeed and be victorious. Under the umbrella, I put it this way, under the umbrella of obedience, where we experience his faithfulness. You know, promises of God come with conditions. Promises of God. Our old pastor, Pastor Ridge LaSalle, would say, when you read the Bible and you read the circle all the ifs, Circle the ifs. If you love me and seek my face, I will bless you. There's promises. He loves us unconditionally. But with the promises come conditions to help us walk in that unconditional love that he has for us. So let's look at the first word, watch. I'm just going to break each. Look at the word watch. It means simply to be on the watch, to be vigilant, being on guard, look at or wait attentively for, 
Keep eyes fixed on, keep under observation, follow observantly. It's used in regard to waiting for, for expected or feared occurrences. Basically, that word just tells us to be alert, to be aware, to be on guard, to be focused, to be, uh, to, to be, did I say awake? To see, okay? And so, the emphasis here that was in my spirit was when it came to me, watch your step, is that's how we need to be when we walk before God, when we follow God, when we walk after God. We've got to be watchful. Amen? We need to be alert. We need to be focused. We need to be aware of our surroundings. We've done over, uh, since 1989 to 2009, 20 trips. 20 trips into Mexico, mission trips, leading teams, doing conferences, and so on. And I can always, I remember one of the instructions when we first began going in 1989, we, we, uh, we met this couple and they gave us some instructions. He says, when you are in Mexico, when you're walking the sidewalks, you need to watch where you're going. Because there were all kinds of, of, of uh, hazards that we in our culture would not necessarily experience they would they could be there but you know there would be a hole in the sidewalk all of a sudden where there shouldn't be a hole or where there is a hole it should have a, a metal cap on it the cap has been taken away and probably sold by somebody and so there were holes there were all of a sudden the sidewalk would end or all of a sudden there would be a raised part of the sidewalk that shouldn't be raised or there would be a, a someone decided to because the garage was too high they would pour concrete over the sidewalk so now you had a big lip you know, and if you were looking at the buildings or, or, or looking at the landscape or whatever, you'd, you'd be breaking ankles. I mean, people do that today in our culture in a different way. They're on their iPhones and walking into telephone poles and stuff like that. You know, you see that on, on the commercial on TV now. Someone protecting those girls walking around. You know, we got to be watchful. we got to be watchful because there are many hazards that come along in our spiritual walk that the enemy is trying to throw in front of us to trip us up, to stop us from going forward in what God has called us to do, in our God-given destiny. And it's a simple challenge to us, but how many times have we been captured or tripped up by the tools of the enemy, temptations or, or, or emotions that have got out of control in, in anger or whatever it might be? The enemy is out to try and devour, destroy the work of God, which is through his church, which is through you and I. And we need to be watchful. We need to be alert. We need to be uh, aware of what is happening. Matthew 5, uh, 25, 13 says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour, talking about end times. But the admonition is, be watchful, be awake. Matthew 26, 41, just listen to some of these scriptures that kind of give us uh, instruction in regards to that spiritual walking, uh, watching. When he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep, and he said to Peter, can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert. Be in prayer. That's that communication with God, building that communication with him, because he never sleeps or he never slumbers. He's always talking to us and wanting to talk to us, so we got to be in prayer continually. Pray without ceasing, Paul admonishes us. Be in communication, so you do... You don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. There's a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God. But there's another part that's as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. 
The Message Bible brings that out. Our cat curls up in front of the fireplace. Just loves the heat. I love the heat too. But let's not be lazy old dogs that curl up and just want to stay with where it's comfortable in our comfort zone, just where we're at peace. And it's all about me and nobody else. No, let's not fall into that realm of temptation. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Keep your eyes wide open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got to be resolute and love without stopping. Colossians 4.2, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Peter 5.8, keep a cool head from the Message Bible. Keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunging to these hard times. We're all in hard times right now, aren't we? It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on the faith. Basically saying, don't think it's just you and you're the only ones having a hard time. We're all having difficult times. But in God, he's our refuge, he's our fortress, he's our tower of strength, he's our, he's our firm foundation, he's that shelter, he's our everything. So in the hard times, we need to make sure we don't curl up by the fire and just not do anything. So keep a firm grip on faith, he says. The suffering won't last forever. Amen. And it won't be long before the generous God who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Yes, he does. He gets the last word. That's being having faith in a faithful God. Can we believe that? Do we believe that is the challenge. So watch. Be focused. Be spiritual alert. Be on guard. Be vigilant. Be awake. Be watchful. One more scripture, Ephesians 6.18, praying under the word watch. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Watch. It comes from, the, from a watchful or sleepless. It originates from two words. Two words that, that one word is to chase and the other is to sleep. And then what it's saying is, we need to chase away sleep, spiritual sleep, that spiritual dullness, that spiritual uh, apathy, whatever it might be. We have a responsibility to chase it away with all prayer and supplication. So we we got to watch where we're going, church. Individually, we got to watch where we're going. What are we looking at? What are we aiming for? He is calling us to a greater watching, a spiritual watching, in order that we are not betrayed by our carnal nature, our desires, uh, and so on, seeking security outside of God's directives in the Holy Scriptures. We need to be preparing for His His coming. We need to know what He wants us to aim for. We need to set the targets in our life whether it be holiness, whether it be righteousness, whether it be whatever calling and gift he's got in our lives to use for his glory, we've got to set that as our target and we've got to aim for it and run after it. We need to watch and pray as means of maintaining clearness of judgment, freedom, and a determination to adhere to Christ to obey him. We need to watch. We need to be in communication with him to avoid the pitfalls the distractions and things that would cause us to take our eyes off the prize. Hebrews 12. 
He will faithfully guard us, alert us, help us to discern and know what is happening in the world you live as you watch Him and keep your eyes on Him. Our eyes need to be on Him, the author and finisher of our faith. David said in, in the Psalms, he said, Lord, you caused my eyes to be lifted up above my enemies. Who are you looking at? What are you looking at? Are you reading the good news in the Word? Are you reading the bad news in the newspaper? You know, we need to get our eyes on Him. Let's get our eyes off the enemy. Let's, let's not so get so overwhelmed with what we see naturally. Let's get our eyes lifted up spiritually to begin to see Him and to walk in that faith uh, and believing in Him and experience His faithfulness. The second word in that watch your step is the word your. And it really just speaks about knowing your assignment. None of you are an accident. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of plan, and He has a plan and purpose for each and every one of us. We have been given an assignment, both generally, going to all the world and preach the gospel is an example of that, the assignment, and, but He's given us some specific assignments. Mine was to be a pastor, okay? And so we need to know that God-given purpose for each and every one of us and be obedient to that assignment, Okay? It's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to obey it. It's another thing to walk in it. It's another thing to do it. And each of us have different assignments. We need to know who we are. We need to know whose we are. And we need to know what we are. Nikki Gumbel said this, Purpose in life is far more important than property and possessions. Having more to live with is no substitute for having more to live for. Interesting. Sometimes we want to accumulate things. No, it's not what we have. It's not what I want to make life comfortable to live with, but it's to live for. Your, <clears throat> your assignment. He also said this. <laughs> I like this one. The two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Think about it. Why were you born? See, we gotta we gotta we get we gotta get a a heavenly perspective. We gotta get a God perspective on who we are. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior, we walk into a whole different realm of living. It's called kingdom living. Because his kingdom is eternal and he's eternal, and one day we're gonna be with him. But in the meantime, we have a life to live down here, which is a kingdom life, which is a life that demonstrates the goodness and power and love and peace of God. Experiencing it in our life to share it with others. There's a reason why. So what has he called you to do? What is your path? What is your assignment? Do you know? Do you know your God-given gifts, abilities, and talents? Sometimes you think, oh, I just, I'm just great at this. But why? Why are you great at it? God wants you to use it for his glory. We have a personal destiny designed by God, and then he gives us the tools to achieve that destiny. We need to apply and grow and mature in that advancement in God's kingdom. Matthew 9, 62, and it's really challenging us not to get sidetracked, detoured or deviate from this track of ministry. Mitch, you mentioned it this morning, Matthew 9, 62. 
No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. How many remember Red Green? How many remember the Red Green show? In the late 90s into early 2000s. One of the things he would say at the end of his show was this. Keep your stick on the ice. Which was a sports metaphor. Which was basically just saying, it's a hockey phrase, and it was just basically saying that you need, you want to be ready to shoot at a moment's notice. You keep your, because you never know when that puck is coming. And if your stick is up, that puck is going to go by when you have a chance to score. So his admonition was keep your stick on the ice. So you're always ready. You're always available. You're always there to do your job. Well, Jesus tells us to keep our hands to the plow. All right. Admonishing us not to get distracted by what's happening around us. Always available and ready and doing his particular will for us. So I just said, and it's, okay, Lord, what do I say? Now the question was, the thought was this. Don't try and be someone who you are not. I've, I've struggled with that over the years. I wanted to preach like Dave McElhose. I wanted to preach like Mitch Boros. Oh, I would love to exhort the way Brian does. Vivek, man, how he unfolds the word. I want to be, it's just my human nature. I always want to do better. Anyways, I realized, no. There was days I wanted to teach just like Chuck Swindoll. I love listening to him. So I say, I, I, I would come up and get my sermon ready whenever I was preaching here. Okay, I'm going to deliver this differently. I'm going to deliver it like a Chuck Swindoll. And you know what people would hear? Me. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't deliver it any other way but me. That's who God made me to be. So I said, okay, Brian's Brian. There'll never be another Brian. God made him. He threw away the mold. Vivek, Mitch, whatever, you know. Colin. Colin's another one that I just love listening to. But I am who I am. And then we, we have to settle that. We don't have, because if we try and compare ourselves with others, the Bible in, in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, Paul says, if you try and compare yourself by yourself or with others, that's not wise. Modern vernacular is, that's stupid. Don't do it, because you frustrate yourself if you try to be somebody else. If you measure yourself, you're going to measure yourself by anything. You measure it by the plumb line of God's Word. God's Word is our, 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 our guide. And then the third word, close to the end here, is the word step. Watch your step. How we walk out our lives on the God-ordained path is so very important. We got we to gotta watch our steps. We got to take the right steps in our lives to reach that God-given destiny and purpose that he has for us. We need to be moving forward fulfilling that assignment. Psalms 37:23 says the steps of a good and righteous man are directed and established by the Lord and he delights in his way and blesses his path. There's a delight in God when we walk in that God-ordained pathway, walk in his steps that he has for us. He's pleased and he blesses us. And obedience is the key for this to happen, to enter into our destiny, our promised land. We go back to the children of Israel, a whole generation of Israel never entered into their God-ordained destiny because they disobeyed God by not trusting and believing in him. 
That's the action part of faith. Oh, God, I believe in you, or I have faith in you. He says, okay, now I want to see if you believe that. And he puts things in front of us to challenge us, to challenge our comfort zone, to uh, challenge us on things that we don't understand. And they refused to go forward. They wanted to turn around. They wanted to retreat. They wanted to create their old, they wanted to go step in their old tracks, their old steps to go back to Egypt, to go back from that which they were delivered from, from that slavery. They wanted to go back to that because what was happening before them seemed to be too tough. And they didn't know what was happening as they went forward in the plan of God. They wanted to go back because those steps forward were moving them into an unknown realm. How many don't like the unknown? We don't like the unknown. Let's just stay with what's comfortable. Let's stay with what's normal. Not knowing what is ahead. The African impala can jump to a height of over 10 feet and cover a distance of greater than 30 feet at a time. Yet these magnificent creatures can be kept in an enclosure in any zoo with a three-foot wall. The animals will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will fall. Faith is the ability to trust what we cannot see. And with faith, we are freed from that flimsy enclosure of life that only fear allows to entrap us. We may not know where our steps are leading us, but God does. God is faithful. The steps of the righteous are ordered of Him. We can trust Him. Amen? Though through Jesus, we are put on the right road, and we need to walk by faith. Standing still will never get us to where we are to be going. Doing our own thing, or not doing anything with what God has given us, will cause us to become stagnant, and like the Israelites, we'll end up walking in circles all our lives, never really entering into that full destiny that He has for us while we're here on earth. An unfulfilled life. We can stand or walk in circles, and we do it because of maybe fear, lack of faith, doubt, pride, poor self-esteem, not understanding who we are in God, and a lack of confidence. How we walk affects the outcome of our lives. Listen to these scriptures. Psalms 4, 11 to 15, I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end leads to death. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in it, go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. We need to walk in his footsteps. You want know to mean that? He has gone before us. His footprints are there. Let's walk in them. That's what he wants. Step where he has stepped. Let's not deviate. Let's not turn aside from that which he has put before us. Know where he's leading you. 
Psalms 119.5. I love this scripture. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. I put it this way, short-term and long-term. God's word is for short-term, everyday living, every hour living, okay, but also long-term. Lord, what is my destiny? What is my purpose? What is my assignment? Lord, let your word be that lamp, that light, that guide to me. And that it's all in the word. It's all here for us to appropriate and put into our life. His word is his footsteps. We walk where he walks will lead us not into temptation. His word will not lead us into evil. It will lead us away from those things. His word will, will, will uh, help us to avoid those things that will destroy us, hazards. I thought of, the, I thought of IEDs, the improvised explosive devices used in war. There are hidden bombs in the roadway where the, uh, where the, where the, the army is walking, or driving their vehicles, and they're just hidden below the surface with a trigger. You step on it, kaboom. You're destroyed or injured. They're unseen. And what they do is they'll send out markers or they'll send out soldiers that are trained how to look for these, and they'll go ahead and try and find them and then mark them or, or disarm them, whatever, so that the army coming behind with whatever markings they've left, they know where to go and what to avoid. God, through Jesus, has gone before us. Hallelujah. He has marked out the way for us. He has marked the IEDs. He shows us through his word what the hazards are so that we step properly to reach our assignment, our destiny in him. Be in the word. Amen. He goes ahead of us. He knows them. He knows what those hazards are. And he will show them to us. Ephesians 6 says, put on the full armor. That's part of the preparation. To stand against the schemes of the devil. There's a lot of hazards the enemy is throwing out there. He's hiding them. And we may not even know that they're capturing us. But the word of God, as we walk in the word, step by step, we'll avoid the Weapons the enemy uses to destroy us. First Peter 2.21 To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Jesus is our example. He's gone before us. That you should follow in his steps. Psalms 5.8 Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. Give me those directions to get me safely through the enemy lines. He will help us to do that. Hebrews 12, 13, And make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dis dislocated, but rather be healed. Keep walking forward on God's path. Your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. He will clear the path for us. And then Galatians 5, 25. Want the music group, you can come on up at this time. Galatians 5, 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to lead and guide us into all truth. God has given us the Holy Spirit to show us how to live as Jesus lived. Holy Spirit is there and given to us, filled us, and empowered us, and speaks to us so that we will fulfill that which He has called us to fulfill. He will faithfully guide us by the Holy Spirit. So let's lean into His faithfulness. His promises are yes and amen. 
His word is there to guide us and direct us. He will faithfully lead us on the right path so that you can fulfill your purpose and enter into your destiny. I leave you this equation. Your faith plus his faithfulness equals fulfillment. All you need to do is watch your steps. Amen.